How about now? We're recording now. Still recording? Still recording. So yeah. today, on Ordinary to Extraordinary... We're trying to offend everybody. Steven's trying to offend everybody, which... Actually, that's not really that abnormal. <laughs> I never set out to offend people, but as we discussed today, while we were talking about buzzwords, um, I think in order... It's intellectually honest if you approach oh, buzzword, knowing that you may offend and may feel offended, but don't let it leave you. So that's one of the things we talked about, right? We didn't put intellectual honesty down as one of the buzzwords. That's kind of buzzword. Well, we didn't because I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth comes out. Yeah. No, so just some annoying buzzwords. We talked about the perception of them and the reality of them. I think it was a good discussion. It was interesting. Yeah. And we had fun. Stephen talked a lot, so be ready for that. Wow. But, you know, I'm just saying, they're going to have to be ready. They're learning. I'm going to be gone in a few recordings, so they're going to have to listen to your voice for the whole time. Yeah, ben, Ben's exit, and we talked about that. So, yeah, there we go. We're going to talk about buzzwords. Episode 136, I think. Ish. 136. Boom. <laughs> See me riding dirty. Oh, so I think I slept like shit, though, because he ordered the fried calamari, and prawns. I had that too. Which was delicious. We're recording, by the way, just so you know if you're going Oh, okay. And so... I pressed that just as you started singing Rain and Dirty. <laughs> so <laughs> we get that, and, you know, I have a couple cocktails. And then uh, he's like, I'm going to order steak. I'm like He's like, we're going to order dinner. Yes, I'm going to have the steak. And I'm like, I didn't even open the menu yet, dude. And so I'm like, uh, well, I know the fried chicken here is good. And then so I'll, the fried chicken at 1898 is delicious. And so I eat the fried chicken... All of it. And uh, I get home, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel a little little funky. (laughs) And then, like, I didn't put it together. I'm like, I woke up an hour after going to bed, and I'm just, like, bloated like a (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Uh, You're just sitting there, and your stomach's going glug, 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 and you're just like, boom. Like burping, you know. Well, your family's been sick. Is it anything like that, or was it just? No, it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, like acid reflux and gurgly gut, you know? And so you're just like, oh my gosh. And then Lauren's like, well, what did you eat? I'm like, we had calamari and prawns, and then fried chicken, (laughs) and then cheesecake. All the good stuff, bad stuff, yeah, and booze. Yeah, super fatty (laughs) fried food. She's like, well, no wonder your stomach hurts, dude. I'm like, oh yeah, good point. I forgot about all that fried food. Yeah, before we get into the topic, I did try Patrick's. Patrick ordered their smoky old-fashioned. Yeah. That was friggin' delicious. Isn't that good? Just sitting there smelling it, too. Like We were like, oh, I got to get one of those Mm -hmm. bourbon old-fashions. Yep. Anyway. Did you order anything? Yeah. What did you get for dinner? Um, I think I did their steak sandwich. Steak sandwich? Yeah, what, steak sandwich. What did you have for a drink? Just a Coors Light. <laughs> Coors Light and a steak sandwich. America. Hey, that's that's my jam, dude. That's my jam. But um, So we ran into each other last night yeah, we at did. a restaurant when all my friends were golfing without me. <laughs> Thanks, Travis Pop. <laughs> we love excluding you, Ben. <laughs> I was like, wow, cool, all of you. Great, I'm glad I introduced you all to each other. Yeah, you didn't introduce me to Patrick. I met Patrick through SYP. You were a part of SYP, but you didn't introduce me directly. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming introductions All because right, I you, let you on the board. So. Also, you don't even know Chris Wagner, I don't think. so. No, I don't. Yeah, there you go. So I said all my friends. I didn't say Chris Wagner. <laughs> I don't know Chris <laughs> he Wagner. He was your replacement. <laughs> yeah. Former golf pro and my new golf coach. Um, yeah. 
I told him I'd cover his golf if he just critiques everything I do and tell me what I'm doing wrong. So Actually, that would be a really good deal because for like 50 bucks, he covers So now I've got a golf coach that doesn't just work with me for an hour on the range. Yeah. I have him, hey, you did this, you did that, fix this, fix that. And he that. said I'd be good at that? Like he's like, yeah, as long so. as I cover his golf. He loves playing golf. So for me, I think it's a win-win. Yeah, I think so. That sounds great. I think it's a better business model for coaching golf than... Well, they, they won't make as much money, obviously. Doing well, it I mean, way. you could scale that, like where, hey, three hundred dollars around. I'm going to critique everything. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, who play yeah. golf for affluent, they pay it. Yeah, yeah. Two gotcha. rounds a day, six hundred dollars a day. That's decent money. Yeah, it wouldn't suck. And you're playing golf if you really love it, like that's mm-hmm. yeah. But okay, let's get into this. Yeah, um, I just gave away a business idea. Make, okay. Might have to cut that out. Don't want someone taking all my money. Oh, gee, um, all my money. Like, you know, like, like it's already made you a bunch of money somehow. <laughs> People taking all my money. <laughs> 100% of zero is still zero, Stephen. Wow. Why, why are you always making fun of me, Ben? Why do you hate me? I don't hate you. I just loathe you. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to Topic know. today. Am I framing this? You framing this? Well, you're framing it. Okay. Here's the frame. We are going to talk about buzzwords and how fucking infuriating they are. Um, well, at least to according say. to Stephen. Well, they can be. I think I, I don't even call them buzzwords. I call them green words, and I always ask people green for clarification yeah. and make that tangible for me or help me understand what you mean when you say that word or collection of words. So, yeah, I think we all experience this. Um, you know. I gave, we've got five examples that I sent. We can maybe even, I'm sure as we're talking, we're going to think of others. Um, some of them are, yeah. so I'm looking at this list, I'm like, oh, this ought to be fun. Exactly. <laughs> we're, just, we're just skirting with. Steven knows these are the last few episodes I'm on with him regularly, at least. Like kind of English in my second language or something. But, well, uh, it is because you're American and you guys bastardized the language. But. <laughs> the traditional sense of the English language, I guess, is my second language. Yeah. But we only start speaking in like true English, but like old school English. But now that we're off topic, but uh, I, I think you're just trying to like get topics that are going to be <laughs> controversial and no I, I think so Jordan Peterson talks about this I think in order to truly think critically and to truly challenge status quo you have to be prepared to see offend. I think challenging the status quo is a buzzword mm, I think it's an action I don't think it's a word it has to be described somehow but there's a you difference like work, work life so, balance is an action so let me um, let me let me finish my thought on that okay um, in order to truly progress in order to truly grow in order to challenge status quo which rhymes by the way um i would say you have to be prepared to both offend and be slightly offended not to look to achieve either like i don't set out to offend you or anybody else no but i'm also open to the fact that you're going to say things that i disagree with i have two choices i can be offended and end the conversation or I can seek clarity and ask you to make something more tangible for me. Help me understand where that thought came from, how you've reached the conclusions you have. And while you might not change my mind, maybe you're going to make me think about something in a different way. So, um, no, I'm not trying to be controversial. Honestly, it's not the thought. It's just as I have thoughts for a long time, I've, I've written things down or made a note in my phone. And this one came to me yesterday as I was on 
call after call after call and just going fuck and and having and people I work with and having to say to them can you help me understand what you mean by this because all and I I call them out I say mm-hmm. that's a green word it doesn't mean anything unless you help me understand it yeah it can be interpreted in many different ways yeah yeah and, and that's true buzzwords I think sometimes have a negative connotation in that it's like, oh, that's a buzzword. You're just using it as like a filler, trigger, lights around it type word, right? When I don't think that's necessarily the case. It just lacks meaning sometimes or context, right? And if you use, it could mean one thing in one sentence and one thing in an entirely different sentence. So not necessarily that buzzwords are bad, I would say, Mm -hmm. but that they need context. Yeah, so let's start with buzzword, and it's three words, I guess. Work-life balance. Generational. Whoa, talk to me. What do you mean generational? I don't know. It just came to my. It just came to me. It was like it seems like work-life balance is something that has been a generational thing, and we're in a generation now that focuses more on work-life balance than the previous generation. But I don't know if that's true. I don't have any stats to back it up. Hmm. We like definitions. Of course. Okay. I've struggled with a definition for work-life balance until yesterday. Oh, man. An epiphany, huh? It wasn't quite an epiphany. It was an Instagram post that I read. <laughs> okay. Um, so okay. An epiphany of sorts. <laughs> not, Okay, not <Yeah>, get it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but it's good. It's a guy called Adam Grant. Do you know Adam Grant? I don't. So... I share a lot of his stuff, but Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist. Um, Wharton School, have you heard of the Wharton School? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he works for them. He's got books called Think Again, Originals, Give and Take, and he's got a podcast called Work Life, and he's done TED Talks. So super well-known, almost 500,000 followers, but he posts kind of similar to the stuff I've been doing of late. He posts like these little uh, a quote meme quotes. Things. So yesterday's was profound. And it's one of the reasons that this jumped out at me, right? Okay, let's hear the, it. The, the buzzword, the, the green word topic. So his, he said, work-life balance isn't about squeezing everything into one day. It's about spreading what matters to you throughout the week. You can't have it all at once, but you can probably have most of it over time, right? So I'm going to break that down and is how yeah. I interpret mm-hmm. it, and maybe it's something yeah. that you chew on until... Um, but it's essentially my life right so I think about when I'm playing golf on most Friday mornings and I get those messages from people where it's like oh it must be nice right thinking that I don't work and you get that as well where people see the flexibility you have to be able to take a week and it's not paid vacation per se you're going to the lake for a week I've been in Florida I've been in Chicago for five days twice over the last ten days so ten days off right in the last twenty Let's say that. Um, and you get the people that are like, oh, it must be nice. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't see the three days that led up to me leaving. You don't see the two days on the short week the following week. And you don't see what I'm doing here, here, and here. You're not understanding the, yeah, the amount of work. It lacks context. Yeah. So for me, this is a perfect, succinct way to sum up work-life balance. Because there are days where I don't get to do any of the shit I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't get to swing a golf club. Yeah, I go to the gym in the morning, and then from there until yeah. the time I close my eyes, I'm working. Yeah, you're cranking. So, I love that it's 
it's not an everyday thing. Work-life balance, if you think every day in life is going to have good shit, medium shit, and bad shit, <laughs> that's not how it goes. No, Every day all. in life is going to have some of those things, you know, and it reminds me of the quote that every day isn't good, but there's good in every day, right? And mm-hmm. like I said, for me, work-life balance isn't that every day I get to do fun things. To me, work-life balance is that I know that as long as I'm doing the things I need to do, I can always schedule things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed his succinct really breakdown again. of it. Work-life balance isn't about squeezing everything into one day. It's about spreading what matters to you throughout the week. You can't have it all at once, but you can probably have most of it over time. Yeah. And notice he said most of it, not all yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Obviously, there's certain things that are just unrealistic. Well, in life, just kind of it's going to happen. I mean, you might expect the week to go one way, and it goes an entirely different way because of one phone call. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no. In work-life balance, I'm pausing. Stephen loves my pauses, so I'll just talk through my pauses. I'm thinking. That's what I do. I fluff. See, so you I get better it. at that. <laughs> <laughs> I fluff. <laughs> oh, jeez. Not like that, so, though, if anybody's uh, having God. naughty thoughts. Geez, here we go. Steven, Steven, Steven. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of work-life balance, right? Because and I, Jim and I were talking about this last night. In, in the last year, I've really come to a point where it's like, I want to have more fun. And whatever I do, I do want there to be value and fun in it. Value doesn't always equal fun, but it does equal, in my mind, meaning, right? Like whatever I'm doing has meaning behind it. And it could be that, you know, you have a 12-hour day where you work and grind in, and it's just not ideally how you want to spend your day doing 12 hours. Or it could mean, hey, you worked four hours and you cut out early and you got in a round of golf and dinner with the family, and that was that was work-life balance day to offset the 12-hour day. Uh, but what I think people struggle with with work-life balance is the idea that they have to be always on and working, right? Like I've talked about this with my colleagues and uh, uh, friends, even the times when you're slow, it was really hard for me initially to be like, I don't have anything else going on that I need to do today. I've made good headway on a lot of my projects that I'm working on. Like, it's three o'clock. Like, I'm going to go home, or I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls, or I'm going to call a buddy up that I know is available and go have a beer, right? It's like to be able to give yourself that break is sometimes hard. And I think it's been harder with my generational comment with generations prior because they feel like, no, I got the, I got my, you know, I, I, I put my little ticket in at eight o'clock and I punch out at five o'clock, right? In hell or high water, nothing's kind of like, those are my hours. Mm-hmm. It's like, and they can't alter them in any way other than to work overtime if they need to, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, to, to jump on the generational piece a little bit, I think from a generational standpoint we have much less manual labor now than we did even 50 years ago yes. right? yeah. so much is automated so much is office-based cloud-based you know remote so i think we measure productivity very differently from how someone 50 years ago your your, your parents and your grandparents measured it right yeah so yeah i think the generational comment is super prudent well, and not only that, you think about how society has shifted. I mean, the advent of internet, most things going cloud-based or online. It's like 
a lot of the time, employers don't care anymore what time you get to work. If you're the type of person that's an early riser and you want to be there at 6.30 to get your work done and leave at 3.30, okay, cool. Or if you're the type of person that wants to come in at 9, 9.30, 10, whatever it is, and work till 7, great, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really care as long as you're getting your work done and it isn't inflecting or in, in yeah. f- affecting. Jeez, yeah, I'm really struggling today with that English language. Uh, affecting clients, right, or productivity in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something I left out as I was framing this at the start, part of what I want to do is talk about the myths versus the reality or the oh. the perception versus the reality of these buzzwords, right? So I think that's where we're going to go to now with this work-life balance is that I think the perception of work-life balance is what people see on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatever else people are consuming Twitter yeah. to where they see the picture of the guy in the beach, on the beach, at the beach, in San Diego, in Florida, wherever they are, and Lamborghini in the background, surrounded by beautiful people, preaching about work-life balance. Well, when you actually break it down, it's not his Lamborghini. He works as a waiter, and he's kind of oh, faking it <laughs> till he makes it kind of thing, right? And it's like, that's not yeah, work-life balance. <laughs> when, when all you see of someone from a social media standpoint, or even in real life, is the good, you've always got to think it's not that good nobody's portraying their true their true life right? but also everybody's definition of good is different yeah work-life balance doesn't mean you have a lamborghini or you have material possessions yeah. right and I was just it means that more on a, you an might extreme. yeah you might do your eight hours of work if that's what you do and you go home and you go for a family walk and you mm-hmm. spend time I, I i think what work-life balance means is, is intentionality with your time so you're intentional with the time that you're at work to be productive and get your stuff done. And then when you're home, you're with friends, you're playing golf, you're doing whatever it is that you enjoy doing that fills your bucket. You're intentional with that time, right? So that you can have a positive work-life balance. And I've had to learn how to do that mm-hmm. and to provide yourself with grace enough to do that. But you know what's funny? I was going to say something. Uh, you know what I get the must-be-nice on unintentionally is how I dress, on a day where I am not in a dress shirt, people are like, oh, you working today? <laughs> it's like if I'm not in a dress shirt, if I'm just in a polo, like, oh, you working today? I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, I was <laughs> just cranked through 100 emails. <laughs> like, what are, what are I dealt with all that shit five years ago, and I think I even shared with you back then. Like, my boss would be like, uh, that's not business casual. And I'm like, it's modern business casual. It's literally what they're wearing at Google and Facebook and all the companies that I want to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to dress like a friggin' button-down shirt every day. Yeah. I'm not in finance. Well, I am in fintech, but yeah, I'm not in that yeah. kind of finance. I'm yeah. not a city banker. <laughs> city with an I. Yeah. That's Cockney Raymond slang for wanker, by the way. Is that um, good to know? A city banker. Um, yeah. So there we go. Just perception and reality like of, yeah. of each of balance. each little buzzword. So that's we can put that to an end. This one I think is going to be fun because this is another buzzword that I fucking despise on social media. Um, abundance, and yeah. I think abundance to people means it's a tons word that's of been cash, seen a lot more, right? Um, See, I've seen it used uh, not with a ton of cash. Are you talking like abundance materially? Like you've seen people like post their car and be like, yeah, I think that's what the perception is right abundance means way more than just i've got everything that i want so see when i've seen it on people on instagram it's like standing in front of a waterfall 
uh, more experience-based, like, which I think you would like in the context of that type of use, because mm-hmm. like, you're an experience-based guy. Like, living an abundant life does not mean living materially, like excessive materially, but living an abundant life, like a life of worth and a life of meaning, mm-hmm. which could tie in with that work-life balance. <laughs> it could. All of these tie in. It's funny. This one ties in well with the next one. Yeah, it does actually. Um, look at these. Abundance and, and value. So let's talk about value. I, I over I, we'll, we'll I hear value everywhere, right? Yeah. Whether it be professionally, where people are like, "Oh, I don't sell on price. I sell on value." But the second someone goes, "Well, I'm going to go with them because they offered this," you're willing to drop your price, and it's like, "No, that's not selling on value." <laughs> um, but value is always what value do you bring to the table, right? And it's like sometimes you have to realize that you don't bring anything to the table mm-hmm. and sometimes you realize that you bring a lot to the table and other times you have to look around the table and go yeah I bring this but that guy also does that and this girl does that yeah. so how do I assist them that's a value you can bring totally. right? it's not always well I bring this and if I can't lead this I'm not going to be part of it um, and I wrote this down this is the only note I took other than writing down the things that I wrote to you okay um I strive in everything that I do, whether it be personal, professional, relationships, um, uh, leisure. Notice I said leisure, yeah, not I leisure. Noticed you did, yeah. Recreation, whatever it is. I want the product of me to be more than the burden, right? So you're going to produce more than you take, basically. So in work, I never want to be the guy that the company feel like they're carrying, right? Yeah. Like, shit, we're spending a lot of money on this guy. We're paying him a wage, which obviously I don't get unless I produce, which I love. Yeah. Um, but I can never work for a company where I feel like I'm just clocking in and clocking out every night and getting paid and being like, oh, that was easy. I didn't do anything, didn't achieve anything. Like, So that's one part. In a personal sense, um, and the people around you, you don't want to be a burden on them either. You always want to be adding quote-unquote value to their life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they want to hang out with me. You want your friends to have an ROI yeah. on their relationship with you. When people that you haven't seen for a while see you, are they going, oh, shit, I've got it. And I know I get this sometimes. Um, oh, God, I've got to, got to talk to him. And it's usually <laughs> people that disagree with me, whether it be politically or philosoph- <laughs> philosophically or whatever. Um, but I'm okay with that, right? It's like, hey, if you, don't want to, if you don't want me in your life, don't have me in your life. You don't have to say hello to me. Yeah. But I think often people think that they want to win those people over by t- trying to demonstrate value. And demonstrations of value are important at certain times, but not in those situations. Sometimes you just got to write relationships off like, hey, I'm not going to have a relationship with them. They don't want one with me at this moment. Yeah. Maybe that can change. So I'm curious to be, if, if we talked about value, what's your take on that being well, used as a buzzword? Here, here I'm going to point something out and then we can talk about that. As, as I'm looking at this, I made a statement earlier with work-life balance and intentionality with your time. Right, like be very intentional with the time you have when you're working. Be very intentional with the time you have when you're not. You're playing. You're filling your bucket back up again, right? And I think what people misunderstand is that they interpret hours for value and time committed to something to value, when that's not how value actually works. Value has nothing to do with how much time you put into something, but how much is produced or how much return is derived from the time that you put in, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's interesting is. If you can demonstrate extreme value in the amount of time that you are invested in your work, right, and that you're putting into work, you're going to have more leisure time, which could drive more abundance, 
mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. If I were going off of the, my interpretation and seeing of Instagram of abundance of experiences and getting to go and do the things that really fill up your bucket. And maybe your work is what really fills up your bucket, right? And so you do have more work time because it is your hobby to some degree. But uh, I just found that interesting, right? If you could demonstrate extreme value, it provides for a better work-life balance, which provides for the ability to live a life of abundance, both from a work standpoint, materially, and experience-wise and time-wise with people. Yeah. But my definition of value and how I see it used and, and manipulated, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I see to be honest, that is one of the bigger buzzwords. I would say I see abundance more so than I see value. Um, but when I do see the word value used, it's more so, to your point, with some of the the kind of social media influencers talking about the value they demonstrate and how if you demonstrate value, and they can teach you to demonstrate value, that you can have a Maserati just like them type thing, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, well... The other place I see it is when people talk about value add, right? Like, what's your value add? And it's like, what? What the fuck does that mean? Like, I've told you what I do, how I do it. I've explained to you what services we can bring to the table. Like, what more do you want? Like, do you think I'm holding something back to be like, and additionally, you've also won. Yeah. Like, fuck it. This isn't, this isn't like uh, the price is right. Like, I've told you what we do. What's behind door three? Yeah. Like <laughs> value add? Like am I me? Like Do you want me to do a little tap dance show? What you do want, you, yeah, you want you me to dance? So no, I think when I was looking at these, like I said, in the space of an hour, so many of these buzzwords got thrown out in a conversation and I was just like I don't know if I wanna throw up, cry, laugh, all of the above, punch someone. Like oh. Y'all are aggressive. Like this, hey, um, nothing wrong with being aggressive, figuratively. Um, yeah, it didn't. It just made me feel some kind of way, and I can't put my finger on. I know you're rolling your eyes at me saying some kind of way, but I don't know what it made me feel. It just made me like I got to talk about this. I got to get this off my chest, kind of thing. There's a lot of things you got to talk about and get off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have a podcast are you saying I need therapy everybody needs therapy I don't agree with that I think a lot of people get therapy through how they live their life and therapy think, is just communicating your yeah, feelings I, I look at this as therapy it is um, therapy this is very therapeutic that's why I said everybody needs therapy yeah um, but all so right. next word my, it's, it's my favorite well and I think the only reason why we've heard about this more is because of the time period in which we've lived which has been unprecedented I f- oh gosh. <laughs> it makes me want to throw up because I mean it's kind of the new normal. Yeah, well, I, I made new normal the next one, so I I've know. actually got two ones. I, I know, um, two for one special. But both of those, unprecedented and new normal. So let's start with unprecedented, right? There is virtually nothing in this world that is unprecedented, and by that I mean everything's derivative of something else. I.e., yeah, we dealt with a pandemic last year and most of this year. It wasn't unprecedented. Probably again. How we, how we reacted to it may have been strange and abnormal compared to every other pandemic we've ever had, but it wasn't unprecedented. We've had lockdowns before in different places in the world. We've had pandemics throughout the history of time. We've had health advisors and government 
locked into stupid shit that they should and shouldn't be doing uh, and not done properly and handled badly. So literally everything that's happened over the last 18 months, if you're surprised by any of it and think that it's never happened or it's somehow unprecedented, you're a clown, in my opinion, and you're not paying attention. This so, is Stephen's if-then statements, that, yeah. which is another thing we could talk about for his buzzwords and things. That, yeah, yeah. if-then statements. Um, but seriously, like, there, none of what happened last year was, I mean, at the start of it, it basically was, everything that's <coughs> happened has been predicted. So I don't know if unprecedented is the word, because to your point, it's like we've experienced pandemics in the past. We've experienced black swan events mm-hmm. in the past. Um, our reaction was atypical to uh, a black swan event that like this in the past. Like there hasn't been another time where we're like, you know what? Everything closed down. Everybody put on a mask. We don't know what. It's like so. What? What? I mean, what about everything? All the other well, again, pandemics we experienced. I could counter that again, with saying metrics were different. While it might not have been a pandemic. When 9-11 happened, New York shut down everything. Mm-hmm. People walked around in fear. Mm-hmm. People wore masks because of the smoke and the the the, uh, the dust, the dust and them, shit. Yeah. So completely different events, but again, reactions and, and uh, interpretations. And we had the same shit then. Conspiracy theorists and people saying, nope, this is terrible, and this country did this, and this country didn't do that, and government should do this, and government... So what I mean is that true, truly unprecedented... Like, do you want to know what would be unprecedented? If someone took an actual clear and legible picture of friggin' alien aircraft. I was thinking alien. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Or Bigfoot. Back in the 50s and 60s when people were taking pictures yeah. of them, you're like, okay, they've got shitty equipment. Maybe that could be a UFO. Now everybody's got high-definition camera and video camera in their pocket, and we still don't have any friggin' clear footage of anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I'm joking about that, obviously. But, yeah, unprecedented doesn't happen in our lives. It literally... Everything you can always look to experiences that are similar, things that have gone before or things that have been planned for that might never have happened... And it's like, okay, just because it's never actually happened doesn't mean that it's unprecedented because we have a plan in place for if it well, does. I've said, like, the, the the catalyst to it will vary and change, right? So like, and in this time, it's like the catalyst changed and so did our reactions. Like, our plan, like, everything mm-hmm. changed. So I think when we say it's unprecedented, it's unprecedented because there's never been a time where politicians have said, mandated, at least not that I know of, that, like, we're closing private business like you're closed you're you can't operate for some places months and months and months mm-hmm. and we'll give you a little bit of money but you know good luck it's like oh shit like that's that is quote unquote unprecedented i don't think it is why not because government sucks at giving subsidies that it needs to i think and always has unprecedented would be with regard to I would say, like, have we ever experienced it before? I disagree. I think no. The question was, have we ever experienced it before? Experienced what? Shutdowns like this. Yes. When? I just pointed to it. Nine eleven. The entire city shut down. No, nationwide shutdowns. Sports was shut where they down. were like, "Hey, the nation is shut down. We're forcing private business to close, and you're wearing a mask." Yes. When? Again, maybe not to the same extent. But literal buildings, anything over a certain size, 
after 9-11, shut down. Your business was shut down, your office was shut down until the government tells you it's okay to go back to work and you're safe. So, not necessarily to the same it's extent. It's pretty loose, though. But it's a precedent for when shit's unsafe, the government steps in and makes shit safer, right? So, again, whether it's loose or not, those those things have existed, right? And, you know, when smoke rolls in, we close down golf courses, we close down mm-hmm. leisure centres and swimming pools, and this is for your safety. So, I, again, whether it's loose or whether it's identical, I'm just saying that none of the actual instances of what happened last year were unprecedented, I believe. Yeah. You can disagree if you want. And I well, encourage this We call. know by now that I disagree with many things you say. <laughs> Not many, some. <laughs> um, no, I disagree with that. <laughs> Can we move on to the next one? <laughs> I hate this one. No, I like this one. New normal. Oh, that one? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to the next one. No. Oh. The next person I hear say new normal, <laughs> and I know this won't happen, but I just want to slap them and slap them and slap them some more because I don't believe in new normal. I believe in temporary normal. Like, yeah, guess what? We need to wear masks. Guess what? We can't go to certain places. We can't do this. We can't do that. This is shut, that Temporary shut. normal isn't like yeah. oxymoron. These I get temporary. That. Hey, this is a temporary measure is what yeah. we should be saying. Then we hey, will return we've to got to norm. do this temporarily, but the new normal, like there's, I saw a post and I'll have to show it to you, but I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, and again, it's from an absolute loon ball of a person, um, in my opinion. But the post was along the lines of, I want to stop hearing people say that this is just temporary. I don't want to go back to the way things were because we shouldn't be hugging people after this and we shouldn't be spending time together the way we spent time together before and we shouldn't be in confined spaces. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you actually say those like, things? I, I am going to show yeah, you. You have to show it, me that. It was wild. For um, and this is a very well-respected spokenite, by the way, just for the record. Um, is it someone who you've referenced before? It's somebody this? that you know, but yeah. I haven't referenced her, no. Um, okay. Sorry, I just gave away. I just eliminated half the population. <laughs> um, but I remember reading it and I... I don't engage in arguments on Facebook often, unless they're sports. I'll argue with sports all day. And have fun with it, right? Um, But it was all I could do not to just rip it apart. Was it a Facebook post or Instagram? Yeah, both. Because when people post that stuff, they do it to both. Both, But then I saw all of the affirmation posts from that and people agreeing and people... And again, mostly people that lean one way politically. But I'm just like... No, I will not not return to normal. In fact, that's the only thing that's gotten me and you know many people through people? this shit. You just walk up, you grab their face, and you give them a big so old kiss right on the cheek. Or, they definitely know. need more love in their life. Um, some of them <laughs> need Jesus as well, Jesus Christ. Um, but no, so I think the only thing that's gotten some of us through this last Here's 18 months are the hugs yeah. and the looking forward to seeing our family and friends again and doing the yeah. things that we've always done yeah. that have created bonds that have kept the human race alive and propelled us well, to be the most advanced race on, opinion, on the planet. Nobody's opinion like that is 
fact or reality. Agreed. But like, like I said, so the affirmation like, and the people agreeing oh, but is alarming. Oh, you know that there's going to be – I mean, and i got to read the post. But it's like there's always people out there, and you can always find your crowd, or you can always find the fact to back up your Cougar for Cocoa Puff statement that you make, right? So it's like – or to make your – I'm doing air quotes – reality factual. But, so, yeah, no, the whole new normal thing to me, I know people have referenced that. Like, hey, I think masks are the new normal. It's like, I don't know about new normal because I don't know anybody that's going to wear a mask forever that would be okay with that. And I know there's probably people out there that are like, well, I could wear I'm not. It's okay. I can wear a mask. I'm like, but people don't even want to do it. If we lock down a second time, you will not have the adherence to the mask wearing that you had prior. Just straight up. You're not going to have it. Well, you won't have adherence to it's the closures. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll have a mass insurrection. Oh, no, yeah, you won't have businesses won't close because they're faced with basically giving up their company if they close mm-hmm. and losing it from a second time around here, right, for some of these businesses, restaurants in particular. Yeah. Or facing a fine. Well, get yeah, fine. Give me the fine. A fine that I'll never pay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll get this logged up in litigation for... For, for log jammed and, and locked up for years, if need be. We'll go all the way to the Supreme Court. Well, they'll still make you pay it, but... Uh, maybe. Anyway, we digress. Or they'll put a chain on your door all and right. notice that they've closed you down. Is the other bummer. Mm-hmm. Too much control, man. The man's trying to keep us down. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. So, last one that I wrote down, and you might have thought <coughs> some more as we're talking... Um, is equality and inclusion. Yeah. And this is probably the one that you thought would be controversial, and it might be. Um, you guys can decide whether or not you think it's controversial or if you agree or disagree, which is always the case, right? Yep. Um, but I want to address equality because it's absolutely a buzzword, and I don't think anybody truly understands what true equality looks like, right? Because I think people think that true equality means that... Um, one side gets and one side doesn't or certain people get this because these people have that and I want to just address that because for me and I've got examples here but equality isn't about bringing anybody down equality should be about raising anybody that isn't treated fairly up right Mm -hmm. and we lose sight of that and where I want to go with this is that um, so I'll use a a topic that's near and dear to my heart, soccer, right? And when I think of equality, there's usually a good solution and a bad solution, right? Mm -hmm. Both will solve it. Both can be absolute. One of them has secondary and tertiary effects that leave things in a bad place, right? So, soccer. U.S. women's national team. There's yep. been a lot of noise yep. made about them not getting paid as much as the men. Yep. Um, which is a complete fallacy, first and foremost, right? Um, it is illegal to pay a woman for doing the same job less than you can, for, than you can pay a man, right? However, that being said, again, I digress. Their setup was by choice. So... The men negotiated a contract collectively. The women negotiated a contract collectively. As a man, as a U.S.-born male, and I hope you never do make the men's national team, Ben, 
for soccer because that means we're in a bad place. <laughs> um, but the men get paid for every game they played. So if you play one game, you get paid for one game. End of story. No reciprocity, no guaranteed amount, whatever. If a woman plays one game, she gets paid for every game that that, that team plays that year minimally. So they've negotiated a minimum amount of games that they get paid for. Okay. And it's a meritocracy, right? So you might be in for one game and out for another and in for one and yeah. get hurt and don't play for the rest of the year. Well, the women have that guaranteed. If we play 20 games this year, you're going to get paid for 20 games if you play in one. So, already, seems like the women's contract's better, right? Second, and this comes down to pure interest. Men who play professional soccer and make those national teams, especially the US national team, are playing for professional clubs. Those clubs cover their health care, best of health care in the world. The women's game, even though there's a professional league, it's kind of pseudo-professional, they get paid to play the game. Those clubs don't generate the revenue to cover their health care. So the women also negotiated in health care, maternity leave, all of this stuff that the men don't have, right? Now, I'll share a video if you if anybody wants to argue with me on this, I promise I'm up on the facts. The women had a hell of a 2019, generated a lot of income, won the World Cup. Mm -hmm. There's one reason the women won the World Cup. Title nine, which in this country is law and entitles all women to have the same amount of college scholarships as men. Therefore, if a college has a football team, they have to generate the same amount of scholarships on the women's side for sports. Women don't play football. So there's soccer, volleyball, tennis, basketball, field hockey, all these different sports, right? So now you've got a soccer industry through the college which has better facilities, better infrastructure than any female league in the world. So the women are naturally the best and they've had it for a long time since Title IX came in, right? So they're at the top of their game, incidentally by default. Now they've been caught, they didn't win the Olympics. But where I'm going with this and back to equality is that when people talk equality, often they think, well, he earns more than him. She earns more than her. That's not what equality is about. Equality is about, for me, opportunity. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to be a professional football player. By football, I mean soccer. Or you have the opportunity to go and do something else. You made a choice. The interest levels in what you want to do aren't as high as on the male side. Yep. So it's not that there isn't equality. It's that you negotiated a contract and then realized you could have made more money with the other contract. Because you played more games and won a tournament, you wanted the men's contract. Well, and I, would, I would assume with the women's that there are those that would play one game yeah. and would have only gotten paid for the one game if they had the men's contract and gotten paid less than they actually got paid Much too. less, yeah. So is it just so a, what happened, a very loud minority? Yeah. Well, what happened, it is a loud minority, but what happened was the uh, I think the women realized if we had the men's contract, we would earn more money, which is kind of right in terms of raw cash, but the men don't have the minimum and the men don't have the benefits that you guys have in terms of health and and leave and all the rest of it. So we're not comparing apples to apples is what I'm saying. And often people don't dive in to the background in order to 
see if something is equal or not. So another argument, and I know I've been talking for a long time, but I want to kick this to you in a minute. Um, another way where there's a, a, a good solution and a bad solution is with men's sports and women's sports, right? So we talk about the stuff that's it's another buzz thing right now, but transgenders, uh, transgender women. So biological men playing or competing against biological women. Yeah, that's a thing. I'm fundamentally against it, and I'm yeah. going to tell you why. So the... Uh, you mean because of biology? Not, well, biology, <laughs> yeah, but not because I'm a bigot, not because I don't believe that anybody can and should be able to follow what they feel they are, by all means. But biologically, women are XX chromosome, men are XY chromosome. If you go through puberty, and I'm not advocating for puberty blockers either, by the way, if you go through puberty as a man, you have greater bone density, you're naturally more strong, you're going to be bigger, faster, stronger mm-hmm. than almost all other females. Yeah. Okay. And we're talking about the upper echelons of athleticism, right? So, good solution. And probably the solution we should go. We stop saying men's sports and women's sports and we start saying, hey, XXXY. You compete based on what your chromosomes are. It's biological, it's science, it can't be argued. Yeah. End of story. It's equal. Yeah. And you can't alter it. It doesn't matter how much estrogen or testosterone you take, you can't alter your chromosomes. You are what you are, right? Yeah. Good solution. If we want to create additional divisions somewhere down the line, by all means. Hey, we have XX and XY. That's what we focus on at the Olympics. That's what we focus on at professional level. End of story. Collegiate, high school, everything. We can have the XX team that identifies as the XY yeah. and the XY identifies the XY. That's a, that's a side-by-side, right? But it's such a league. small population. Now, here's the bad one, and this is what equality truly means. If we were to take equality as people want it applied in some cases, there wouldn't be men's sports and women's sports, right? And I've, I've coached women my whole life, young ladies. I've coached them. I've advocated for them. Title Nine is the most wonderful piece of legislature that this country has in terms of equality, and we're pissing all over it if we don't if we do this one. Is you don't have men's and women's sports; we just have sport, because what that does is that almost eliminates one sex mm-hmm. from the entire game, right? Save for a few disciplines within a few sports, men are going to be bigger, faster, stronger, mm-hmm. i.e. XY chromosomes are going to dominate and we don't have don't XX you, I sport. mean, it would all be co-ed, but don't you think they would just mandate that a certain percentage of the team yeah. is like, it's going to be those things. Then it's not equal. Then it's, it, it's so the it's same as... they don't actually want yeah, equal, but they want equal. It's not a meritocracy then. Yeah. We're not watching the best of the best, which is why we watch professional and collegiate and high school sports, right? We want to see people... So anyway... Perform at a high level. I've talked for a long time on that, but equality is one... Well, we're almost out of time now, too. <laughs> equality is just one that bugs the living piss out of me. Um, well, we've talked about it. I think I've, I might have brought it up here on the podcast before. It's like we all have different tools in our toolbox, right? Not everybody is born with the same toolbox. We, but just because... <laughs> what? Get it out. Pardon the pun. Your toolbox. Yeah, toolbox. <laughs> Not everybody's so born with the same toolbox. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I was like, what are you laughing about? Oh, oh yeah, toolbox. I'm a 12-year-old boy. Oh, you are, dirty mind. <laughs> but so some people are only going to have a hammer in their toolbox. Some people are going to have a hammer, screwdriver, wrench, 
duct tape because the toolbox why not right and but at the end of the day you still got to twist the wrench and i think what we're discrediting a, a lot right now is th- that people still have to twist the wrench and they want to punish the people who have more tools in the toolbox and twist the wrench and say well you're only higher ahead because you have more tools in your toolbox and you're like well yeah i have more tools in my toolbox but the reason why i have more tools in my toolbox is because i have a family that took some risks and did some things that led to more tools in my toolbox right and there can be an argument like well three generations ago you're a white grant okay yeah we could we could do all that mm-hmm. and that could be a thing and maybe everybody gets a universal toolbox on top of the toolbox they already have Stephen's <laughs> mind went back to the dirty side of his face <laughs> but you get what i'm saying like fine mm-hmm. we could have some universal toolbox like everybody gets an opportunity and mm-hmm. you said earlier it's not pulling people down as much as breaking people up like i am happy like i tell people in finance like i am happy to show them the way to be successful in finance i cannot make you successful in finance i can share with you the tools and the things that you know i, I feel like we have done that have made us successful in finance but the failure rate is still 90 yeah. percent. so you can't you set still up have a to conservatorship go. like britney's dad well, yeah, that's what we're gonna do for you. Yeah, you ain't getting you ain't getting my shit. Um, we're gonna set up a conservatorship because well, we might get it if we just say you're cuckoo. Well, in the process of setting that up, I'll spend every penny and burn the rest. <laughs> you ain't getting shit. Um, no, but I know what I just talked about. What we just talked about is controversial. Um, I hope that even if you disagree with me, you've listened to the logic at least and thought, okay, I can see why you're saying what you're saying. I understand. And again, this comes from a place of advocacy. My entire adult life, I moved here at 21 years old, I've always advocated for young female athletes to have all the opportunities that they have. And I just feel like we're moving in a direction, equality-wise, that that's not going to be the case. Yeah. We're, we're essentially, and, and pardon the, the, uh, the, the non-PC nature of what I'm about to say, but we're essentially stacking the deck in favor of white men because those are the overwhelmingly who is trying to compete against females which good luck yeah i mean it's and it's exactly what we've been told for the last 15 20 years is the devil right the 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 uh the patriarchy the down with the patriarchy how it's how it's set up i got a story about that another time too okay but yeah so there we go those are some of the buzzwords that I dislike that I threw it Ben and figured it would be fun to talk about um, you thought I was going to body swear over the topic I did think you liked that when I say oh, body yeah. swear right you laugh buzzword um, body swear not very many people say that it's my buzzword <laughs> um, don't take it away from me but uh yeah buzzword swerving for Steven there's that topic buzzwords please like rate review share tell us what you think feedback reach out comments text all that shit. Wow, that was a lot. That was of, a lot. Right? I'm going to breathe now. You're really, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're really asking for a lot. So this is going to come out on the 16th. Uh, yes. So we got two more recordings following this one. Yep. And one of them set up. Going to be a fun interview. Oh yeah, yeah. So, cool. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay, we'll have to think of something fun for our final official final one. I got so it. We already talked about it. Oh, we did. Okay. Questions. Oh. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So, all right. We appreciate you. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Look at that. We're just back and forward here. <laughs>
Okay.